0: to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome back to the Bill Kasky Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Kasky. Glad you are here today. We're going to do part two of our Lies, Myths, And misgivings, things that you've been taught and instructed to do by sales trainers and coaches over the years that no longer work, or I think there's a better way. Part one was last week. If you didn't listen to it, no problem. Go ahead and listen this week. Then you can go back. I gave you five last week. Number one, if you would just ask better questions, the customer is going to be more likely to buy. That's a lie. Number two, just work harder mind and grind longer. Just work your tail off and you'll succeed. I'm not saying that work ethic is not good. That's not a recipe for success. Number three, it's all about the numbers. Just make more calls, make more sales. Number uh, four, don't worry about your personal brand. Who do you think you are? The company has a brand. That's good enough. Then number five, Don't worry about scaling your business. Let me, as your leader or manager, and that's what the sales trainer would say is, look, don't worry about scaling. You just go out, you hammer out calls one at a time, you'll be successful. So as you know from listening to this podcast, I think there are better ways to solve problems today. And so I want to give you five more and give you a little bit of, give you some solutions around these. And if you like any of those five and you didn't listen to the prior podcast episode. Go back, listen to it. I give you some solutions there. So lie number six, I guess, since we're continuing from the past episode. And by the way, I got a lot of these from LinkedIn, and I want to publicly acknowledge all of the people on LinkedIn who uh, shared their ideas with me. I got like 35, 40 comments and uh, had really good conversations with some of you. And I'm going to actually mention a couple of you here in a minute. But the next one is, you know, The trainer and coach doesn't really pay much attention to your mindset. They're all about production, behavior. You know, we used to talk a lot about behavior. What's your sales behavior? What are your sales activities? Not a word was mentioned about, well, how do you feel about that? What's your mindset going into that behavior? Because frankly, the mindset on the way into the behavior will determine the behavior and the effectiveness of it. And I find that most trainers just shy away. They stay away from mindset or they'll give you some kind of lousy thing like, you know, just be more confident. You know, just be more abundant. I talk about abundance, but I would never say to someone, well, just be more abundant. You know, you need to, you need to ratchet up your abundance thinking. That isn't helpful. The question is, is how do I do that? And so mindset is a critical component. If you've ever witnessed yourself and it's hard to witness yourself sometimes because you're yourself if you've ever witnessed yourself in a slump or in a down spiral where you you know everything you touch turns to you know what things aren't working in the market it's probably got something to do with your mindset your emotions uh your perspective of the world has changed When you're on a high and everything you touch turns to gold, you're like gold finger in the old James Bond series, then you want to make calls. You want to go out because you're attractive. But that's all about mindset, not about behavior. Behavior is influenced by mindset, but you got to take really special care of your mind. What are you putting into it? How are you feeding it? What do you do with it during the day? Do you just let it run willy-nilly across the stream of consciousness or are you are you really delivering to your mind things that are going to help it stay on track mindset's huge number 7 i just want to know what your numbers are don't worry about the plan i want the numbers and usually sales managers and trainers sometimes will say this i've heard it from trainers i've been involved with over the years where i've collaborated with them it it really becomes Get clear on your goal and the rest of it will take care of itself. Now, I do think there's truth to the clearer and more vivid you can imagine what your goal looks like when it's complete. I think that does energize you. But there still has to be a plan. And unfortunately, most sales professionals have never taught been taught how to project manage. That's exactly what goal setting is developing a a number out there, an ideal outcome, let's say you want to generate $300,000 personal income next year, maybe you did 150 last year. So you want a 2x. By the way, we've got a program for that. It's called the 2xgroup.com. But to get from 150 to 300, it's going to require some thinking through it, some fleshing out of things. And I find that most coaches don't help you do that. They're more interested in what you want to accomplish, which is important. I'm not, I'm not discounting the importance of that. But there is a how-to. Okay, I'm here today. I want to get there tomorrow. What does the middle look like? What's the bridge look like? And so project management is a critical skill. I've said this for the last couple of years. Project management is a critical skill for sales professionals today in the B2B space. Every goal is a project. Every customer is a project. Every initiative is a project. Every project is a project, of course. Number eight. You don't need to be spending time creating content. You just need to get out and sell. And I think coaches do not understand the importance of creating content on your media platform for the world to sample. And by the world, I don't mean the world. I mean the world of your prospects, your your niche, your audience, whatever you want to call the people who would get value out of reading, consuming, watching, listening, whatever that content is. And I don't think coaches and trainers spend enough, nearly enough time teaching you the theory of content marketing. You know, content marketing came along a few years ago, and it it was hot for a couple of years, and then it kind of lost its luster, and it's coming back. And it, it's coming back mainly because I believe you, as a business-to-business sales professional, need to position yourself appropriately in the marketplace. That's why you wear the clothes the way you do. It's why you drive the car the way you do. It's why you ask the questions. Everything's about positioning. And I'm not talking about faking it. I'm not talking about Instagram influencer kind of faking it, positioning. I'm talking about really positioning yourself. Well, the way you really position yourself is you create content that's valuable for your customer base or for your prospect base. And that might mean writing an article a week on LinkedIn at a minimum. It could be shooting a video once a week for LinkedIn, or I've got a couple of clients who shoot them two or three times a week. And guess what? Every time they post one, they title it, they, they get to test the market to see what the market wants. So don't let people talk you into your job is to sell. Because here's what happens if you create content. You create an article you title it something that's relevant to your prospects. Take, take one of the top problems your prospect has, like, oh, let's say you're in the commercial real estate business and, and a potential prospect might be asking him or herself, well, should I buy a building or lease a building or lease space? I don't know. Whatever that is. That's probably a decision. So why don't you write an article called, should I buy a building or should I lease space? A question every business owner should be asking or something like that. Then when people come across that article and they're in the same town you are and they start to read your profile and they say, you know, that's a good question. I'm going to have John come in here and talk to us. You get the call. You had no idea this person was looking. You can't buy a list of people necessarily, maybe in the real estate business you can, who are looking. So somebody has found you because you have delivered content that's valuable to them. All right. Number nine, we don't spend enough time addressing the psychology of the buyer. And I think there was, a, there was a trend in the 80s and 90s to talking about buyer psychology. And it seems like we went very quickly to seller psychology. So we love the psychology topic, but we went quickly to, well, what's the psychology of the seller? Uh, Brian Tracy even wrote an audio recording set called The Psychology of the Successful Seller. And so we got very interested in that. And I actually like that. I think that's good. I think you need to be studying both the psychology of the buyer and the psychology of yourself. And we talk a lot about in this podcast, you know, your own mindset and ethos and your soul and and how your energy can rise and fall based on how you think about things. But don't forget about the buyer. Here's one thing that you need to know about the buyer psychology. And, And this goes for any buyer not every buyer, but 90% of the buyers, they want to feel safe in their business. They want to feel safe in your presence. So when you show up and you are eager and enthusiastic and you're pitching and you're closing from the time you walk in the room, that does not make people feel safe. Now, I know some of you sellers who have become so good at that. It's just become so much a part of you. You say, well, how can I unhook myself from that? You're going to have to, because I'll bet you, you've lost sales where you have been too eager and you didn't condition the, the environment for the prospect to feel safe. Now you can still be yourself and do that. We call it the upfront agreement or the, the setting of the tone up front. But you've got to make sure that when you walk into the room, whether the room is virtual or physical, that you create an environment for safety. Safe environments sell. It allows the prospect to tell you more about what their issues are, it allows you to move forward with freedom where you're not constantly thinking, oh, when's he going when's when's to object? And how am I going to close? And when should I throw the money section out? I mean, you're not doing that because you've created this environment where two people are having a human conversation. So I believe that's important. Bu- uh, buyer psychology, you got to pay attention to it. Number 10, people will shy you away from personal marketing. And I know we talk about branding, uh, we have, and, but I'm talking personal marketing. What is your personal marketing plan? I haven't seen any trainers talk about this. Now, they talk about making cold calls and outreach and going to networking events, but I think there's more to marketing than that. that that's actually more sales stuff. I want marketing. I want to know, are you doing a webinar have you written a white paper? Have you written some kind of a, a free report or a lead magnet, as it's called in the internet marketing world, something that, that is enticing enough for a prospect that they would give you their name and email address to download it because they know that there's something on the other side of that that would be valuable for them? That's really the essence of of marketing today is giving something away, getting their email address, and then sharing other tidbits and tips and tactics and strategies along the way through email. You have a lot more power when you have an email address than you do when you just have a social media connection. I'm not against social media connections, but email is, is is still the killer app. And it probably will be for a while. It may be text, but at least email. So what are you doing in your personal marketing to capture email addresses from people who have an interest in what it is you do and what it is you say and what it is you produce and how you bring value to people? If cold calls are your only outreach, then you're making a huge mistake. You're undervaluing yourself. You can do better than that. So read up a little bit on lead magnets, try to figure out, well, what, what kind of marketing steps can I take? You know, maybe you want to have a YouTube channel. Maybe you want to record a Q&A every Friday of some of the things that you heard in your market over the week and post them up on LinkedIn or YouTube or the video sites. Maybe that's marketing for you. But we've got to think about what marketing in terms of educating our prospects so that they come back and reach out to us. I've talked about the lead Parthenon before, and and we can talk about it in subsequent episodes. But the idea with that is that you have a Parthenon. You've got five to seven pillars of leads coming in. Some of those may be outbound where you're actually making a call, going to an event. Some of those we want to be inbound. I would say... If you don't have any inbound leads, then you need to start focusing on that because that's what's going to help you scale your business. I also casually slipped in the 2X Group. If you have any interest at all in being a part of a small group coaching program, it's uh, the fees are nominal and the value is extreme, meets twice a month. And if you're interested in that, you can go to the2xgroup.com, uh, jump on a call with me, tell me a little bit about what you want to accomplish, and we'll see if uh, if it could be a fit for you. See you next time. Bye.